Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup, oh, blocked by James! With all your latest sports news and commentary, you're listening to the TNT Podcast with your hosts, Tyler Layfield and Torres Finney. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the TNT Podcast. As always, it's your boy, Tyler Layfield, joined by my co-host, Torres Finney. Torres, how's it going, man? What's up, Tyler, man? I'm happy to be here, baby. Let's do it again. There's a lot of good things going on in Horizon, and, man, I'm surprised. You know, last time we did the podcast, we thought we thought Boston was going to win Game 7. And, boy, were we wrong, and it has been a – Roller coaster since the Heat just keep fighting and they're on the cusp of making history, man. Yeah, yeah, for, for real, man. I mean, you you said it. We were we were really wrong. Uh, the Heat ended up going on to win that game seven pretty handily. It wasn't even really a close game. I mean, for a little while, I guess it was, but then toward the end, I think the Heat just they ended up breaking that thing open. If I'm if I'm remembering right, it just it feels like it's been a little while now, but it really wasn't that long ago. Um, but yeah, the the Celtics, you know, on the on the things with that, um, I guess we can really just talk about them real briefly since they just made their exit. But um, the main thing everybody's talking about, what do they do? Do they switch stuff up? You know, we get into the Jalen Brown conversation with him eligible for the Supermax, which he's gonna get. Like he's gonna end up getting that. Um, they're gonna have to. They're gonna either have to keep him doing that Supermax, or they're going to have to use uh, use them in a sign-and-trade. It's one of those two options. There's no other really way around it. Um, so that's what they're currently facing. Um, I don't know where he could end up being. I know Portland's been some uh, – has been a, a team that people have talked about, maybe trading their number three pick and, um, you know, maybe like Anthony Simons or something with it, which, you know, not bad assets. Um, maybe your Dallas Mavericks are in play with their number 10 pick. I don't know. Maybe, you know, that could be a possibility. Atlanta. Oh, I don't care. You wouldn't want Jalen Brown? No. Uh, oh, I'd take him in a heartbeat. I'd take him uh, in a heartbeat. I think Jalen Brown is what is a thing that the Dallas Mavericks need. I think he's one of the pieces that they would need, honestly. You know, I sat here and watched the Boston Celtics play a lot in the playoffs, man, and – as much as Tatum had some flaw games, Jalen Brown had just as many. And uh, I mean, he's a phenomenal player. It's just, gosh, when he gets cold, he is really cold. And I understand he likes to do that little pull-up jumper uh, right there at the top at the top of the key. But good lord, man, he uh, he struggled. He struggled bad. And I, I just think. Uh, I don't know, man. Maybe, maybe, maybe my view of him after this playoffs was a little different. From compared to last year when I watched him, you know, towards going towards the finals, it was like, okay, you know, that Jalen Brown, he's that guy. I did, but I, I, I just don't, I just don't see it for me. For me, I don't like. I, I see it more. If you were saying Tatum, yeah, but I just don't see it for him. For me. You and your affinity to Tatum, I just. Wanna, I see yeah. dude, Tatum. Tatum is more of the guy than, than freaking Brown. I me, just don't, I don't. I don't see. I don't see where you get the the fantasize of Brown over Tatum. I don't know. Maybe we'll just have to agree to disagree. I just. I'm not. I don't think Tatum's got that. I think Jalen Brown has the potential to get that. Um, I think he'd be a good complimentary piece to uh, Luca's game, uh, a guy that can play defense, that's going to give you effort. That Honestly, 
you know, yeah, he's coming off a bad game seven where he had, what, eight turnovers or something like that. He ended up having a lot of turnovers. I understand that. And everybody talking about, oh, he can't dribble with his left hand, all this kind of stuff. He's coming off a bad series. This is a dude that just made an all-NBA team. He's been a great player for years on end. Still is very young. He's he's like I feel like he's in in his prime or just entering it. Like I, this is somebody I just don't think the um I think recency bias is really having its way with him right now. But I honestly think that um that the player um him as a player I think he would be a good fit for the Mavericks. Now I don't know how well how they'd be able to orchestrate something like that. I don't I don't know if that would be able to happen with Kyrie and we're going to get into that here in a minute. But Kyrie and Luca and. The, you know they're already just kind of hamstrung with uh with their depth there in Dallas, um, but I don't know I I still like him a lot as a player. Uh, other pieces people are talking about moving Robert Williams could be a guy. It's just the health concerns with him. He's always getting injured. It feels like Marcus Smart coming off a of defensive player of the year uh, last season, but uh, looks like he took a little bit of a step back this year. Um, Still a great player though. They still got Derek White. I think they could get rid of Smart and they'd be fine. They got Derek. They got Derek White and they That's got Brogdon as the sixth man of the year. They'd be fine. I think they can get rid of Smart. Maybe get rid of uh, Williams. I mean, but you know, Williams is still a good piece to have. I I like him as like a, you know, just a backup big or somebody that you can start when you need him. Um, but you know, Grant Williams is another guy, but he's entering restricted free agency. This is a team you're talking about. We already talked about the coaching aspect. I've talked about, I've been very vocal about, I don't believe in that coach. They did come through today and they brought in Sam Cassell. Um, you probably remember him toward the end of his days, you know, playing, um, you know, before, before he retired and became a coach. Um, decent coach. They got him coming in as an assistant. There are rumors out there that Ime Udoka is about to, poach three of their assistant coaches to bring with him to Houston. So yeah, so that's something that's going to be to their detriment. Um we'll see, man. I, I don't know. The Celtics are an interesting team because they got all this talent, man. They got they really do got a great team. And then you got the Peyton Pritchard piece of it. He's done apparently reports have come out. He wants a he's he's requesting a trade. So it's just they got all this talent. It's just they it's just dysfunctional. Um they just can't get it to work together. Well well, you know, I like what Danny Ainge said. He was like, you know, we're dealing with a, a rookie head coach that came in into an absurd situation, you know, with, you know, Uduko going out with that thing. And Manzula came in and, I mean, he took his team to the uh, Eastern Conference Finals and brought him back down 3-0. I mean, I, as much as, like you say, a, a lot of people like to get onto him about what he's done, what he hasn't done about how they played against the Hawks or how they – almost stepped up the series against the 76ers. But I think we got to also look at the fact that, okay, they were the number two seed in the East. Okay, they made it to the Eastern Conference Finals. Yes, this team has had a lot of talent, but Yudoku didn't win a championship with them. Uh, Brad Stevens didn't win a championship with them. I mean, look, there's still a growing piece along with the Boston Celtics. Now, I agree with what you're just saying. We look at the Celtics since, what, 2016 and 2017? What they've been doing, we've been like, okay, we've been watching their growth. But it kept, they keep getting to the same point and staving off right there. Obviously, they made the finals last year. They came a little short. I don't. I, I, I think this team is still, like, that good. It will be like saying, oh, man, we need to break up the Bucks because they're not winning more championships as they should. 
No, not necessarily. I mean, they're in a really tough conference. I feel like the East has been better than what it's been the past two years. They're playing in a really good good conference, and they're making it pretty far. Now, yes, I feel like they should be Miami, but I'm going to get on Miami a little bit sooner once we get into them. This Miami team, just last year, who the Boston beat in seven games, on the road in Miami, they were the one seed. Miami had dealt with a lot of injuries, a lot of things was going on with Miami. They still was a tough team coming up to this point. Now, yes, you wouldn't think Celtics will lose to another Miami team as the eighth seed, obviously, but if this Miami team made it that far, I just think some, a lot, some people are a little bit over-exaggerating on um, the Celtics. I do think the Celtics can make some adjustments. They do got to find a way to get over the hump because they have been there more than these other teams in the past five years. They've been right there. They have been right there, and you would think they need somebody to get them over the hump. But when you've had three different head coaches over the past four or five years, it's going to be hard to do anything. Yeah. So it's hard to keep that consistency when you have a different coach coming in and out. All right? It's hard for – it's hard, especially like you said. Uh, I would agree. I would agree with that if it wasn't for what Udoka did last year. And I think that's what's really causing this whole thing is you, you was just – that his second season or his first season? I, was, I think that he was a rookie head coach last year, man. Yeah, because uh, they they hired him, I believe, from Brooklyn. Stevens took a step back. Remember last year? Look, vet, look that up real quick and bet me on it. But I'm pretty sure that was his first year coaching, head coaching last year. Um, you know, because Stevens ended up resigning and going to I think president of basketball operations. I think is what he did. He had to step back. It was just getting yeah. too much for him. He said, but. After being spoiled like you were last year with Ime Udoka, the respect he commanded, the game plans, the strategies, the way the dude coached, everybody respected it. Everybody caught like there was no doubting the way this guy coached last year. He was amazing. Took the team to the finals after um, you know, after filling in the shoes for Brad Stevens. It's that was it, his first year. That was his first it, year. Yeah, it was like when something like that happens, you just have this this sense of entitlement. Like, okay, then this next guy should be able to step in and do the same thing. And it just – it ain't like that. Yudoka's just he's, – he's a great coach. Um, sure, you know, he's got the the background we learned about this past, you know, off, you know this past offseason with everything that went down. You know, that's why he had to leave. But, um, I mean, outside of that, just looking at a pure coaching aspect, he was amazing. He did great, man. Like, and it's yeah. just – it's once something like that happens, it's hard to kind of come behind that. And that that's really – I agree with you. I agree with what Danny Ainge said. You know, it's it's hard shoes to fill. It's 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 tough to come into that spot um, under quick circumstances like that and everything. So I don't know. I just I don't get a great vibe from him. You know, Brad Stevens had that vibe. He commanded the respect of the team. You know, all that. It's just you don't really catch that. I don't catch that vibe from Missoula. I don't think these guys do it. You can read the body language if you really want to get into that. You know, you have these fans talking about he he kind of stands behind the bench. Um, they call him, I think somebody, uh, Bill Simmons, I was listening to Bill Simmons, his dad goes to the games, he calls him second row Joe, or somebody, <laughs> he's like, you know, he's, he's behind the, he's behind the bench coaching, like he's an assistant coach still, he's not, you know, he's, he, it's like he hasn't filled that, that role yet of being a head coach, and I'm not saying get rid of him, I think that, and I'm pretty sure reports have came out, they plan on keeping him, so I mean, he's at least earned that much. Um, yeah, they do need to make a change. They do need to make some type of change. I think roster wise, um, you know, with the mechanics of that, but they ha they have the assets to do it. Yeah, they do have the assets to do it. Yeah, I agree. All right, so now we go into the team now in the finals. All right, yeah. the Denver Nuggets versus the Miami Heat. So this is actually a great. This is great for us because you know they're both tied up, so we can basically start on a fresh fresh slate. Yeah. Um. Obviously, going into this, you know, two shows ago. 
you know, when obviously when Miami was up 3-0, it was like, okay, it's going to be – and Denver was up 3-0. It was like, it's going to be Denver versus Miami. Yeah. All right, we're going to win this. And then last week, we're like, okay, it's going to be Denver versus Boston because there's a momentum. You know, so we're back to Denver versus Miami. And in our original picks, I remember I said Denver in five. Um, you said Denver in – I think I said, I said I could see it being a sweep or five. That's what I said. Okay, so, yeah, we both were on the same cusp. Um, I, I did not think Miami was going to get this one. Um, I thought Miami will win at least one at home. Mm-hmm. Um, and, man, what, what a game plan they had yesterday for game two. So, let's, so going back to game one, Game one was mainly more of Denver having the uh, having the entire team play together so well. The Dem- Denver looked up. like Denver has looked this whole postseason. Whole, yeah. whole postseason, yes, yeah. yeah. And that's when I that's when I originally sat there and thought I was like, "Oh man, but this is not going to be a fun series. This is about yeah. to be uh, this is about to be a beatdown." But then we saw the, this game yesterday. We recorded this on a Monday, and what we saw was mainly Jokic. He was scoring a lot. He had an incredible game. But he only had four assists. Yeah, giving him the old uh, MJ treatment, as some people would claim to say. Let him score all the points, but his teammates don't score nothing. I mean, nobody else did anything. Jamal Murray did nothing for majority of the game. Yes, I know you can go to the fourth quarter and what he did at the yeah. end, but yeah. for majority of the game, it was only Jokic that was in double digits. Uh Man, and it, it was a good game. You know, players played at certain points, but Miami played a really good overall team game. The defense played really good. The role players stepped up like usual. Gabe Benson played his game, man. I mean, this let me tell you something. I I I when I watched the uh when I watched Keith to play Boston, I slick was sitting there saying, now look, I, I know what Jimmy Butler has done. I know what he's done for the entire playoffs. I understand. Yes. He is care. He's the man of the team. He's the guy over everyone. If they if Miami more, if Miami win the finals, more than likely probably NBA Finals MVP. But I really did believe in that Eastern Conference Final MVP. I slick yeah. thought Gabe Bisson had a really good shot. No, at. no, no, and no, I, and, uh, and, no. You're talking. You're thinking about Caleb Martin. Caleb Martin was the guy that. Yeah, had, oh yeah, Caleb. yeah. He had four What's votes. It? He had four votes. Jimmy had five for the. For the Larry Martin, I think is what you said. That but Gabe Benson's been great too. I mean, like you're saying, uh, Benson's been another one as well. Now, Caleb Martin hasn't really showed up this series technically. I think last night. Well, no, last yeah, night, he ain't showed up this yeah, Caleb Martin didn't have a great game one. Uh, then again, the Heat just is in general didn't have a great game one. But Caleb Martin, he had. I mean, he hasn't done, had that pop off game yet. But really, he went to town against the Celtics. He, he had his way that whole series just about, like it felt like toward the end there, especially he really got on a roll. Um, and he, he was just, he turned into the dude, uh, those, especially those last two games, I want to say. But um, Gabe Vince has been a good one too. And, you know, before we even, you know, break into next I mean, season. He's had, he, he, did have a, he did have a really good series against Boston as well, Gabe did. I mean, yeah. he had a 29-point game, a 15 15- Game at twenty point. I mean, yeah, he, he played really good He's been as well. A great player, uh, but yeah, the last, yeah, he has been a great player for him. Yeah, he has. But yeah, Caleb Martin. Yeah, because the way he played in that game seven on the road. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, Caleb Martin was that guy for uh, Miami. <laughs> I slick. So I slick and, look, and you know, I think I, I would have voted him. I would if I if I had a vote, I probably would have voted him over Jimmy Butler for the MVP of the Eastern Conference Finals. Just due to the fact that J- Jimmy didn't really do much those last two games, it had to come from Caleb Martin for them to even 
have a chance at that, I think. I mean, J- Jimmy did his work, I guess, but he didn't have those games that we've been seeing early in this postseason where he's just been taking over, scoring literally everything, putting on his best, like, MJ performance. Caleb Martin was doing that, it felt like, and he was the guy that had the advantage, it felt. Uh, I agree with you, man. I, I I really do agree with you because you sit there and watch the game. Um, Jimmy Butler, especially in that game since against Boston, he had an awful shooting shooting night until the final minute. <laughs> final two minutes, he just went off. Um, but uh, this game right here, I mean, you know, looking at the stats, um, like I said, Jokic was the one of the main guys for for Denver, you know, scoring forty one points. But you saw overall team effort um, from Miami. Uh, Miami, I mean, Butler had 21, Bama Bio had 21, Gabe Vince had 23, Struss had 14, Robinson had 10, like, even Lowry had nine. I mean, these boys shot 17 for 35 from three. I mean, these boys good while Denver shot for 28. Uh, that was a big, that was a big difference maker, man. And, I, and I, it's, it's fun because when they play together as a team, they look deadly. And it, it's like, oh, man, like, these guys, like, everybody's cooking. Anybody can hit the shot. Anybody can stop. Um, I, I do enjoy watching Miami play, and this is going to be an interesting final. That game three going to be pivotal because, obviously, Miami going home, you would say, okay, they got momentum. Um, but dealing with a Denver team like this, this Denver team can definitely, with the way they play, they're really good at winning on the road. So, obviously, home court does play a factor, but I think in this series, I don't know how much of a factor it can really play sometimes depending on these type of teams because Miami has shown they can go in the most hostile environments and win. Denver has shown they can go in the hostile environments and win. So we're seeing – we're going to be able to see, like, which teams really come in to play up. And I think with Miami focusing more on defense than they do offensively is a huge thing. I Obviously, yes, the offense, obviously, when people want to score the basketball, that's that's a plus. But Miami focus on defense is so – it's like it's so big to like it's their it's their forte rather than you know the backside. Some people look rather to score first and obviously to play defense first. But these guys focus as much on defense do they do on offense, and I think that's a pivotal point as to why they're really successful. And I man, if these boys can find a way, man, it'll be something like this is a for me for Miami. This is more of a game by game thing. I can't sit here and say, okay, I'm gonna say I can I can see Miami jumping in on the gun. I still got Denver, but uh it's it's a game by game thing for me. So I can't I can't I don't know. I don't know. From seeing how Denver played this entire postseason, it's hard for me to just, you know, obviously say, Oh, Miami, Miami might yeah. turn the tide. Was, I don't know if, I don't know if I can say that yet. I don't know if an, I can say that yet. It's an extreme outlier. Um kind of on both sides of the spectrum, I wanna say. Um I mean, I need to go back and look at the three-point percentage numbers uh, per game for, for the team, uh, you know, Miami, that is. Last night, they they were hitting at a ridiculous rate, I feel like. Um, I need to look and see about the, the team totals here in a second. But, yeah, I feel like it was definitely an off night um, for the Nuggets. Like, they, they ended up having a – you know, like you said, they ended up uh, – Technically, Jokic, you know, turning them into a score, I guess you could say. I don't know if you – did you catch um, the Eric Spolster interview when Ramona Shelburne brought up that about turning Jokic into a score over, um, you know, a, a passer? Did you see that? 
I did not see that. No, I didn't. Uh, uh yeah, he kind of went off a little bit. He goes, it's, he's like, that's ridiculous. He's like, he's like against a guy like that is who's been the best player in the world two times uh within the last three years. Um, basically that that that's not how you play him. You don't try to turn him into a scorer over a passer. He said, um, <laughs> he's like, you just do the best you can. He, he was honestly, kind of, it looked like he was pissed off that she even asked that question. It, it was kind of a wild thing, but um, it, it it's like one of those, it just feels like an outlier. This was an outlier game. It felt like um, last night they ended up shooting 48.6% from three, uh, Miami did, which is, I don't know if that's an outlier itself. It kind of feels like it is. I know they have three-point shooters, but – I don't think they've been that great of a three-point shooting team this this whole uh, postseason, that is. I feel like they've been getting a lot of stuff in the paint and things like that, or at least one would think. Um, but then again, I'm not looking at all the stats right here in front of me. Outside well, of they actually have. They actually have. Miami was the worst three-point shooting team in a regular season. And then they turned it the to the best this postseason, haven't And they? then they turned it to the best. They are actually number one three-point shooting team wow. in the playoffs right now. It is. It's crazy. Uh, uh, I said the turnaround is. Is you know what the question? I, I want to ask you this: with Tyler Harrow being out, all right, with Tyler Harrow being out, do you think this is a? Do you think that could be a plus or minus for them if he was to come back? Because I've been hearing reports about him potentially coming back for yeah. game three, game four. Yeah. You think it's plus that's it's interesting because I don't know. These guys have played so well without him. And I know, look, he was really – he's actually the reason why they won the playing game, if anybody remember, against mm-hmm. the uh, Bulls. But if he comes back, I, I've seen chemistry get messed up. I mean, this team is relying on each other so well. It's hard for me to see, like, him come in. And he could come in and obviously be an impact. I'm not, I'm not saying yeah, they yeah, don't yeah. need Tyler Arrow, but – that's a that's an interesting thing, man. To, um, to I don't. History. It's it's hard to say. Um, I mean, because you think about it. I mean, lately their their guards. Uh, it's been what Gabe Vincent, Kyle Lowry, uh, Duncan Robinson. I guess you've been. You know, uh, you can. He's been playing like the two three, whatever you want to call. Uh, Struess kind of playing the two. Three. Um, who else have they had? Um, anybody else? I'm, I'm missing here. I know all the depots. I think right there, but they, um, I, I don't know. I, you, you know, you think having more depth, it would be good for them, you know, that they would have another guy that could come off the bench and play pretty good. Caleb Martin, I'm forgetting about Caleb Martin. He's been doing good. So yeah, he's been playing like the two or three, yeah. you could say, but, um, I, I don't know. I think he honestly would make them better. i tell you what I hope, which you, you know what I hope happens. I hope he comes back. And I hope he doesn't do so great, because I want his trade value to go down. And I and I, I want the I want the Lakers to trade D'Angelo Russell, do a sign and trade for uh, Tyler Hero. And I think it I think it could happen. I think it could be something that could uh that could go down. Um, I'm currently, yeah, you know, this is this is just me. I currently looked up the the salary cap and uh, all the salaries for for the Miami Heat for next season. Right now. If you just take right now, they got for next season. If things were to end, these are the only people they have under contract. They actually have a good little bit already. They got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine already under contract. Jimmy Butler at 45 million, 
Bam Adebayo at 32.6, Kyle Lowry at 29.6, Tyler Hero at 27, Duncan Robinson at 18. Oladipo has a player option for 9.4, and he's going to take that because there's no chance Oladipo makes more than that anywhere else. He's not going to get paid coming off injury especially. Caleb Martin at 6.8. They're going to try to extend him, I would imagine, after how he's played this year. Nikola Jovic at 2.3, and Haywood Highsmith, who's been playing pretty good for them, um, if you've kept up with them, at 1.9 million. Now, that's not counting their uh, their first-round pick for this year, which is going to be around 3.5. Um, and with those salaries, you got them already at $173 million. That is over the tax by $11 million already. And they are they are um you know remember when we talked about that um those, the Warriors, those, those yes. punishment yeah they are only three point eight million that's that's without the first round pick the first round pick would put them right at that um that cap and that's only having ten people on your roster they got some decisions to make when it comes to who they have on their team and how they're going to cut cost this could be their their way to do it I don't know I think I think Tyler Hero might be a guy they look to move this offseason potentially that's something to think about for the future. But um, yeah. overall, yeah, I do think he could come in and help them out. I don't see this series changing much after this. I think this was a really – this was the worst game that Denver's played this whole postseason. And they've been a heck of a freaking team. We just witnessed it against the Lakers. Uh, I, I just – I I don't know, man. It just – there was a really off game. KCP making stupid fouls, missing all these shots. Jamal Murray missing all these shots. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. not really having a great game. Um, I mean, even even Jokic was having some stuff happen where uh, you know, the ball was going off on him out of bounds. And yeah, I said it last night. It over. It and, over. Yeah, and I'm not I'm not going I'm not looking at this to make excuses. So don't think I'm over here making excuses. But if this if this game was officiated like it was against the Lakers, they would have won that game last night. They were like it felt like literally everything was like because even last night, look, last night, do you were you watching when uh I think it was Jamal Murray put up a little he put up a little little teardrop floater, and Bam Adebayo went and smacked it. That was a goaltending. That would be called – that would have been called a goaltending against the Lakers because I saw it happen. Like, that was – Yeah, I remember the goaltending goal they called – I forgot who laid it up. Yeah, and, uh, who, blocked, who blocked it? I can't remember. Good I think block. it was Anthony Davis blocked it on them. But they – It was Anthony Davis. I do remember that. They, they call goaltending. They don't call that crap against Bam. Murray forgets how to shoot. KCP forgets how to shoot. You got all these things happening. Jeff Green ain't really playing no freaking game. It's just like, I don't know. I feel like they were used to, like in a way, I feel like they they felt entitled, like they should be having these calls go their way. And you could see it on Jokic's face. Like, did you see him getting frustrated? He's like, that is not, like, they're not, they weren't used to the treatment they got last night. And I'm not saying that this is, the fix is in that the officials were going to make this one go to, you know, an extra game or whatever. I don't think that's by far, but that was really a shot to them. I thought, I thought they've been getting, they've been getting called a certain way this whole postseason. Last night was a little bit of a switch up. They weren't used to that. They, they really, that, that really, yeah, you know, and I can, and I can see that when you talk about like being so hot for the entire playoff. I mean, look, they beat Timberwolves in five games. They beat the Suns in six, you know, even though they were, they struggled on the road against the Suns, they swept the Lakers. The Duggars have had a pretty good postseason this year. I mean, right. to, say, to say you've only lost three games in the entire playoffs up to the finals, up to, that, up to this point, yeah. now it's four. That's, that's a pretty good postseason. Like, you haven't had much struggles. So, like, compared to, uh, compared to some of these other teams, 
Uh, I think I think sometimes when you're finally facing some true adversity, you do get a little frustrated. They were sure. But I think they'll be, and I think now they'll be able to finally, you know, regather, get their stuff together. Because I'm gonna tell you one thing about Denver. Denver, even though they, you know, they lost yesterday, I felt like Mike Malone wasn't accustomed to being in that situation. Um, Jokic obviously is not accustomed to being in that situation. So is Murray. We saw Miami has been here before. We look, Bill Butler's been here. Like Kyle Lowry's been here. Kevin Love been here. Like Bam, like those guys have been there. Some have won, some have lost. They understand the like the predecessors of being here right here in the finals. They understand what it takes to get here. And that experience could play a factor. I, I ain't gonna lie, like that experience could get them one more game. I still got the Nuggets in five, but it's hard for me. I'm gonna say this, be honest with you. It's hard for me to see them to go back to Miami and Miami get swept both games in Miami. I don't see that. It's hard for me to see that, to be honest with you. I do, I do think I I'm gonna stick with my nuggets in five, but do not be surprised if it goes nugget six. Cause it's hard for me to see the, the Miami get swept in Miami. It could. It could. Um, I, I could see what I could see you saying. Like I see what you're saying there. Um, I could actually see that happening now that this loss has occurred. Um but I, I I still feel pretty confident in five as well. They're just too good of a team, man. And unless they just totally forget how to play basketball, which it it can happen. I mean, it it it, it can happen. Unless, like it, they could just begin to miss everything. Because let's just face it, it just happens like that. It's a real streaky game, y'all. Like you know, you can be hot one day and totally suck the next two or three. I mean, it just it it just works like that sometimes. But today um, it is the best the best team. You know, we have seen so far the best team you would think should still win the series. But lately, I don't know, man. Sometimes, sometimes something, sometimes the crooked don't crumble that way. Yeah. You know, I know I, I, I know a lot of people believe, well, this is the better team or that is the better team. And yeah, I'm like, man, sometimes, man, some guys get cold, some guys get hot. I used to always believe, you know, I remember when Charles Barkley used to say this, and I and I used to agree that the best team always won the series. I used to agree with that. Um, it's just so many factors now. And also it comes with the level of play that other people play. Yeah, yeah. Um, some, people just get, just some people just get hot at the right time, man. Yeah. Like you said, Denver, like you said, with my, like some of these guys just get hot at the right time and they can't miss. They yeah. just can't miss. <laughs> so it's yeah, hard. I mean, the, the thing that Denver has going for them, this is a seven game series. It's not a one game thing. You know, the, overall, you the probability lies in their favor. You know, the better team should win. You you can see them pulling this out because they are the better team. If we have to put this pen to paper, they just have the best yeah, nine guys, eight guys, whatever you call. It. They even had Christian Braun, Christian Brown last night. You remember the little white dude? He had yeah. didn't do a lick, didn't do a get lick against the Lakers. He 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 ain't done much this whole postseason. Last night, all these steals and assists and you know popping these shots like we're. Just, I know. So I mean, pen to paper, you just they they have the talent, they have the you know that margin covered. But we'll see, man. We'll see. Uh, before we go, we got a little time here left. I was going to run you through. We we Torres sent this in the group. I saw it just a little bit after he had sent it. Um, about Kyrie, Kyrie Irving apparently is recruiting LeBron James to come play with him and Luca in Dallas. What would you think about that, Torres? Man. Dude, I ain't gonna lie to you. That would be something different, you know. Imagine me and Tyler joining forces. Oh, we already do that for Georgia. Yeah, we do. But it'd be a little different for basketball. 
man. That would be uh I don't know, man. Like I'm worried on how it would work. I'm worried on how it would work. Uh, three ball dominant guys. You know what I'm saying? Like, three, three ball dominant guys. Um somebody playoff would drop, obviously. Yeah. Um I think LeBron would take a back seat. I think he'd be fine with being the third best guy. I think he could take a back seat. Uh I think he could take a back seat to Luca. I, I could see that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kyrie, it, it'll be it'll be and I don't know how that will work. I'm gonna be honest with you. I really don't know how that works. I think it's a load I, of I, I don't crap. Know I think it's a load of crap. I, I'm not <laughs> buying it. I'm not buying this at all. Maybe he's talked to him about it like in a conversation. And so th- theoretically, technically it's true. But there there was a report, and I was telling Torres, you know, I'll mention it here. He's like, he didn't see that. But Chris Haynes is the guy that originally, you know, broke the news about um, him and Sham Sharania. They they were the two that kind of talked about Kyrie recruiting LeBron. But apparently Chris Haynes came out later on and said that – the Mavericks looked into a trade for LeBron around the trade deadline before the Lakers went and made the Russell Westbrook trade that brought them, you know, Vanderbilt, Malik Beasley, D'Angelo Russell, and also, you know, Rui Hachimura in the separate deal for the three seconds. Um, They apparently looked into that. But the crazy thing is LeBron wasn't tradable this season. You could not trade for LeBron, even if you wanted to. Like it was like a part of the part of the way the contract or something. You you could not trade for him. So why is that even being reported if it wasn't even a possibility? You know what I'm saying? That just and gives me some hesitancy about the legitimacy of this report. You know, like is this even really a thing? Or are you just try guys trying to get some follows or whatever? Maybe it was technically said, maybe it was technically said, but I, I just, I don't think it's a legit possibility. I really don't. And even if, even if they're trying to trade for LeBron, who are you going to trade, man? You would have to get rid of either Kyrie or Luca. Who, why would the Lakers trade for Tim Hardaway, Jr., Reggie Bullock, uh, Dave Davis Breton. You know what I'm saying? They don't have anything. They don't, and then maybe outside of that, the, the draft picks, but they're not the greatest draft picks in the world either. I mean, pick number 10 is okay. That's not amazing, you know. So I, I, I agree with you on that because I wouldn't um I, I wouldn't I wouldn't put it past it. But I, I you're right. I, I can't see I can't see LeBron. Being just tall stuff, I just couldn't see that happening, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, I even saw the reports about potentially like, oh, LeBron wanted, wanting to play with Steph Curry in that in that regards. I, I don't know, I don't know how that would. Uh, now that would work. That that him Clay, I don't know if all of them could be on the same team, but that could work. Yeah, that could work. I'm not ruling but, it out. It could happen. I mean, um, you know, I don't see it happen about how his um, legacy is going to change after that. You know, our People are going to question it. It's going to be the same thing, you know, like KD kind of thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm, I'm not going to put it on that same level because LeBron's obviously past his prime. He's not at the peak of his powers like he used to be. Uh, so it's not exactly the same thing, but you're going to get somewhat of that same treatment. People are already going to hate you. They're going to hate you even more after that, dude. Bro, people, people don't hate you if you do. You do. at this point, it's got to the point. What he does, they're going to hate him. But I'm just, I does, feel like he's definitely going to cause. He's going to run. He's going to catch flack. But every time, that. look, every time KD goes somewhere, he catch flat. He caught flat for going to the Suns, and he got traded. <laughs> well, <laughs> you he, know, like well, he, yeah, asked, well, he asked for that trade. He did ask for it. He did ask for it. He but like me, what he's going to do? He told him where he wanted to go. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so, I mean, it, it wasn't against his will. I'll tell you that much. I <laughs> went against his will, but still, he was going to catch flat if he stayed on Brooklyn. They were like, "Oh man, yeah. you you lost, you lost like that." Like, come on, he can't just slack for anything, dude. Like, they're gonna be certain players. It's like they hate certain players 
for being great. It's like, yeah. look, as I've caught on to now at this point, there's not a single player that has not caught flack for anything. Like, all of them catch everything. Like, yeah. you name me one player, they don't catch any flack. Yeah. It's hard for me it's to – all of them. It's all of them, do. All of them. Kobe gets it. MJ gets it. Yeah, everybody Shot gets it. Got it. Everybody even got it. Even Tim Duncan get it, and he don't say anything. He don't even do that. <laughs> He don't even do nothing to nobody. Nobody, yeah. Nobody. I get what you're saying. Hey, real quick, real quick, before we close it out, too. Speaking of the Suns, and speaking of some other teams, real quick, let's go through these head coaching hires. Suns getting Frank Vogel. Thoughts, real quick, just good, bad. What do you What do you think? Oh, I'm gonna go. Oh, I'm gonna go good. I'm gonna go good. Yeah, good. It's not great. Um, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna say medium, medium. That's why I thought about it. Medium, I'm gonna say medium. medium. Yeah, 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 yeah. Good, great, bad. How about that? All right. Um, Nick Nurse to the 76ers. Great. Yeah, I like that one. Uh, Monty Williams getting paid buku bucks to go to the Pistons. What do you think? Bad. I don't know bad. I, I like him as a coach. I think he's – I do they like over, him as a coach. They overpaid. They way overpaid. They overpaid. But, but overpaid. I think that's the coach they needed. And I, I really do, actually. I think it's a great – I think it's a great. All right, and then uh, the Bucks got – who did Bucks? Bucks got somebody. I can't remember his name. It's like an assistant coach, but they they got somebody. Um, Adrian Griffin, I think, is his name. What do you think there? Um, I, I think that's a very similar situation to like a little bit, not not the same, but like Boston a little bit. Man, it's gonna it's gonna take more than that. It's gonna take yeah. more than that. They're gonna have to make some adjustments. So I'm gonna just go good. Okay. All right, guys. Well, thank you for listening in. We do appreciate all the support from you guys. If you want to continue to support, go to our description, click on the link tree link, and you can support us many different ways from there. Um, as always, thank you guys so much for listening. And as all, and like as always, we'll see you next time. Boom, boom.